0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Recovery Nuggets podcast. <clears throat> Welcome to another episode of Recovery Nuggets podcast. I'm your host David Clement. I'm here with Angie Shy. She is the host of Life Love Music and Space Travel podcast. Welcome Angie.
1: Hello. Glad Hello everyone. Here.
0: so i have to give a little bit of uh behind the uh the third wall i guess you would say or inside baseball i went to a meditation retreat a few weeks ago and um which was awesome shout out to travis and fronting life and um angie was actually seated behind me and she handed me a chakra kind of pamphlet of some of the stuff we were doing that day but we didn't actually meet that day but through the power of Instagram and connection and things like that. She found the podcast and so turns out she's a podcaster and here we are on the podcast talking recovery. Welcome.
1: <laughs> the social network. Thank goodness for the social network in right. the space. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the
0: positives. There there are positives to that, you know. The, you hear a lot of the negative about social media, but the the positive of, of is connection. So glad you're here. Exactly.
1: I am here. I am here.
0: Yeah, Excited um, to be here. That's great. So I've been listening to your podcast and I really like how you share really where you're at in your life on each episode. You know, you're going through stuff, there's transitions and you talk about it and I can hear recovery woven through it. And so it's nice because I I still like to listen to podcasts at work. I, I do a job that I can kind of listen to podcasts and I work with my hands. So it's always nice to hear someone talking and sharing vulnerably about where they're at. And so I uh, wanted to have you on and and just hear some of your recovery story and you know you're kind of an entrepreneur and you've traveled and music and and so um how would you how would you describe your journey in recovery this far?
1: Well, first off just I'm going to say it again, thanks for having me. Uh, And thanks for the connection between fronting life, absolutely, which has been a spectacular addition to my recovery journey. And a little bit of info about myself, which I'll tie in to my recovery process, I guess. So I lived in Colorado for the last 27 years. I'm originally from upstate New York, foothills of the Adirondacks, but lived in the Rockies for the last 27 years and began my journey of recovery and self-discovery as I call it. Oh gosh, I don't know. Sometime in the early or the late nineties, it was my, the reason that I decided I was going to try and put some things down were to keep my crappy job at the ski shop. I lived in a, uh, I lived outside mm-hmm. of Vale for a long time. And if anyone's familiar with ski world, you know, it was a great place to live and play. And somehow the job that came with the keg, Angie had a problem (laughs) with her (laughs) drinking. (laughs) And I decided, once again, it was presented to me, do something about your drinking perhaps, or you're not going to be able to work here. So I put myself into this 12-week outpatient program. I lasted for about two weeks. I happened, I actually went out back out on St. Patrick's day. (laughs) And I have come to find out according to ancestry that I am actually, um, Irish or Scottish or something like that. But in that process, I was introduced to, um, something that really inspired me and would stick with me through the, until I finally found my way back into, um, onto the journey of a real Journey of recovery with the intent to get well. I think I put the drink down two thousand and two, June sixth. So Mm. this coming June, I'll have twenty one years without a drink. Uh, It's been a progressive process. It's probably been fifteen years since I had. Sort of recreational party, you know, accessories, Mm -hmm. and then I actually put down, if it's okay to be as honest as I can, sure, I put down the weed uh almost five years ago, yeah. So, what I usually like to at least share when I share my story, oops, sorry, my dog, (laughs) come on. (laughs) <laughs> Dad. Oh, by the way, I'm living with my parents. <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot mine. of animals
0: <laughs> I've heard yeah. from the podcast. It's awesome.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so I put down, uh, I put down the weed about five years ago. That'll be five years on July 5th. And that's been a, that's, that really led, you know, I, I got on board. i like to tell people that recovery is not a linear process at least not in my experience and that's been important for me because i kept thinking this journey need to be it needed to be taken a certain way it needed to be done right and my letting go of that idea has i think allowed me longevity and a continued desire to just keep moving forward and growing it's been a pretty incredible ride but about 16 years into putting the drink down I finally decided that I was going to put down um, the weed Mm -hmm. and I swear, like, you know, so along my road, I've built this relationship with a higher power. I've done a lot of things that have have helped me grow. And these two people came into my life. (laughs) One of them became my um, therapist (laughs) and they were a married couple. And the other person became an important person in my recovery process. And I remember going to a therapist, which I'd never done. I'd never seen anybody and I remember him asking me, all right, so my marriage at the time was actually falling apart. The last drink I took was the, the night I took my, who would be my husband home. <laughs> and mm. for the next 18 years, he grew kind of further into his disease and I mm. grew further away. Mm. But uh, I remember him asking me, do you want to look at the marriage and, or do you want to look at the weed? And I mm. thought to myself, "Well." I'm pretty sure the marriage is, pardon the language, fucked. Mm. <laughs> so I think I'll look at the weed. <laughs> and within a, a couple weeks, I put it down. I also then moved downstairs in my house. I shortly thereafter filed for divorce. Mm. And nothing happened overnight. You know, we lived together for a year after the divorce the divorce was finalized on December 16th of 2020 the house didn't sell until December 16th of 2021 closed a year <laughs> to the day wow um so it's been it's been a ride though and i don't have any i i've come to the point where i don't judge myself as harshly on my messy road mm. and i like to put that out there to people keep coming uh you know just keep putting one foot in front of the other and stay on a path i suppose because it has been a wild and wonderful ride that has me to this place that i'm presently at which is in north carolina living with my parents at almost 52 <laughs> years old
0: <laughs> and for yeah. the
1: most part loving every minute of it um and there's a lot of stuff that took place especially at the end of within the last two years, Mm -hmm. things that took place that, can I hold for a moment? Can I stop for a second? Yeah, yeah. apologize. (laughs) Hey, you got to love the uh, in-service room service. That's awesome. (laughs) You know, it's funny. So side note, I did live in Colorado for 27 years. And at one point, my parents moved out. They moved Mm -hmm. right behind us. In, it was like a dream. It was one of those moments where I thought, wouldn't this be wonderful? The house behind us for many years was this falling down, dilapidated thing with the crazy neighbors. And I used to envision, oh, would it be wonderful if my mom and dad moved there? Yeah. And that dream came true. <laughs> and mom would deliver baked goods to my back door, which is dangerous for anyone, I'll say, in recovery, Oh because um, yeah. I'm a sugar, sugar junkie as well. <laughs> But yeah, it is one of the perks of living (laughs) at home. Uh, That's great. Yeah, so I'm I'm jabbering on. I'm not sure if that answered any of your initial questions. No, it did.
0: It did. Um, You know, it's. I like how you said it's kind of a messy, wonderful path. You know, it's there's no straight lines in it for me either. It's just been kind of like. All right. Well, I'm learning these these principles to start living by, and then, you know, it's a it's more of a practice as far as knowing how to deal with everything that comes along when you're in recovery and sober or clean. I mean, you, I had to make a lot of mistakes as long, and the mistakes weren't that I kept using. It was just like interpersonal mistakes, work mistakes, uh, financial mistakes, and then going, oh, okay. I can deal with it. it. It just, I could have done this differently. You know, it's, I guess it's a different perspective when you're a little more clear headed.
1: Well, and what you just mentioned is the interesting part is like that all of a sudden I started to live life mm. that is full of mistakes and um, rights and lefts and, you know, rights and wrongs. And yeah. that's the, that's been the wild and wonderful adventure of recovery, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. There's been so much healing. My, my continued desire and willingness to come back has really come out of desperation. I will say I have a desperate desire to not pick up a drink ever again, along with a, a lot of other things. And I'm grateful for that piece. Why me? I mean, as as we know, being in recovery, we see a lot of people who don't make it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to say I'm doing anything different than anybody else, or mm-hmm. I'm certainly not any special or any more unique than anybody else. But what I, I know that the greatest thing that I've done is continue to get up each day and stay connected to the places that I know have something to provide me to help me with solutions to offer. So that, yeah, I mean, out of, out of all of my journey, it was 20 years in for the most part, when I was leaving Colorado, that is the most challenging thing I've ever done in this life so far. Mm. I did not get married to get divorced. I did not think I would leave Colorado. It was not on my list of things to do. I had no intention of leaving the Valley. I really loved where I lived. I had great work but for a good year and a half i i i was getting this continued this continuous message that <laughs> something was changing and it mm-hmm. was time for angie to go and i fought it i fought it almost the whole way but due to I'll, I'll probably use the word journey a thousand times if not more due to being on that path and having a connection with something bigger than myself and a real desire to do what I felt was best for me, not what I wanted. <laughs> mm. It helped me to continue to move forward. I mean, that that process of moving downstairs and staying committed to my desire to stay sober um, allowed me to sit in a most uncomfortable space. And follow through with the divorce. It was not easy. Anyone who's been mm-hmm. through a divorce, it was you know, just doing the paperwork will keep you married. <laughs> you know, right. and I did my husband's paperwork for him. Oh wow! <laughs> was, you know, I mean, and hey, you were I'll dedicated. Just, <laughs> <it> was <laughs> I mean? It was, and I canceled the divorce at one point because COVID. It was right around the COVID time. Mm. <laughs> Um, he was going back and forth to not to talk about to, about him much, but he yeah. was going back and forth to where he lives. His family lives. There were some things going on. And all of a sudden we started to get along. I thought, oh, you know, we were not together. <laughs> what a concept. We got along very well. Um, I canceled it. And then I started it up again and just took baby steps. And I did a lot of praying. I asked mm-hmm. for a lot of help. It was a continuous process for me to ask what I call the higher power, G-O-D, for source, yeah. to help me do what I didn't want to do. And yeah. that's also come from recovery. Just, you know, doing what I do, contrary action. Uh, you know, uh-huh. w- one of my least favorite things to really do, contrary action. But it led me to this place that I'm in. And things got really dark about oh, you, the summer can before we, I left.
0: Oh, sorry. Can we back up? The contrary action, um, wh- how do you, can you elaborate on that concept? I like it. Well, cause... it's what I think it is, is it like doing <laughs> something even though you don't want to, or how do you, yeah. how would you explain that term?
1: I mean, I think when I think of contrary action, that is what I think. Um, doing the opposite of what I want to do per okay. se, yeah. <laughs> yeah. or um, yeah, doing not doing what I want to do, doing something I don't want to do. And it comes in a lot of different forms. Sure. I it's it's not to say I like I know when I'm not supposed to be doing something. Mm. I'm not going to yep. take contrary action when <laughs> it's yeah. not in my favor, but it was uh, yeah, doing the opposite and sitting in the discomfort. Mm. I was I I'll kind of touch on it. So I put the drink down. And I did keep, I did hold on to the weed Mm. and I got, I knew pretty early on because I was living with somebody else who was drinking. Mm. And I knew pretty early on that if I put the weed down, I was going to get divorced. Once we got married, like I knew that. And that kept me, I mean, that could be one of those things where I can judge myself and say, well, why not just pick up the drink or why not just go backwards? But I kept moving forward. I kept putting myself in a position where I was hearing the message that it was necessary for me to hear. And eventually that led to my putting it down, which led to my fear of getting divorced and actually led to all the things I was afraid of. But I had a woman in my life who told me once she said, when we're, you know, I'm in today. And if I'm projecting into the future about the things I'm afraid of, it's because I don't have the tools yet. So when mm-hmm. I get to that point, I'll have the tools. So in the meantime, stay where you be, where your feet are and do the mm-hmm. next thing in front of you, do the next thing right, do the next right thing, whatever it is you want to call it. And so when I finally got to that point of moving downstairs and committing to this process, it was intensely uncomfortable. It was very painful. It was very sad. It was overwhelming, confusing. And yet I had the tools. I yeah. I somehow had gained the capability of moving forward and doing the thing anyway, Um mm-hmm. And it's not what I signed up for. And yet that was, that was it. So the summer before I did leave, I was turning 50. I'd been living the ex-husband and I had were divorced already and we were still living together. He was drinking. It was really awful and sad Mm -hmm. and um, very challenging. And I had reached the darkest time in my life. We were trying to sell the house. There was all of this life stuff happening, all this stuff going on. And I thought I had everything that I needed. And so I'm going to just briefly tap into, I guess, one of the things that has been life-changing for me. Um, so at 50, I met up my friend Alex. I had been talking to him, and he's very open about his journey Things were dark. He had embarked on and in actually brought into his life. He'd started using ketamine infusions. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you are familiar with them, but I, am. I was unfamiliar. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know what to think. And he also told me and suggested that I called the suicide hotline. Now mm-hmm. I I would not have considered myself suicidal. I wasn't thinking of taking myself Mm -hmm. out. I wasn't removing myself from the planet, anything like that, but I found myself calling the suicide hotline Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they, those people were, are amazing. Uh, that carried me through. So I knew that I needed to do something after Mm -hmm. talking to my doctor, after talking to my family, exploring lots of Googling. I listened to other podcasts about ketamine infusions. I decided that I was going to, um, try this whole deal. And even that, I mean, I, I did a lot of prayer. I, I asked for guidance. And when the time came that I was finally going to go to my first appointment, a friend of mine was driving me and her car broke down on veil pass. Wow. And so here we are stuck on veil pass quite a ways. We were, it was the clinics in Frisco. It's the, um, High fusion, um, high mountain and infusion. I'll have to read it again and give you the proper information. I love Mandy. I'm going to go see her this summer. High country wellness and infusion center. It's in Frisco, Colorado. My friend, April looked at me and said, we are getting you there. Mm -hmm. And her husband came, we traded cars. We figured it out. They came and dropped me off. And when I went into that appointment, I didn't really know what to expect No, I was coming from this world of recovery where I was concerned, you know, prior, I didn't want to invite anything into my life that was going to, um, in any way, shape or form challenge what I had going on. And, and I felt pretty comfortable at the point, at that point, Mandy, who was the practitioner suggested, she gave me a few suggestions before I came in. She said, I suggest you come in with uh, an intention. I suggest that you don't watch any scary movies the night before, (laughs) And and bring your headphones and get a Spotify playlist. Mm. So I pulled up a ketamine Spotify playlist. You can do that. Oh, wow. And I sat in and um, settled into my 45-minute infusion process. And it was, right from that point, it was life-changing and life-saving. That 45 minutes did for me something that I had not been able to I hadn't been able to gain before, I suppose. And this is where, if it's appropriate, you know, bringing this up, because my journey has been, I think I have come to find that there are many options. We talked a little bit about that before Mm -hmm. starting the recording process today. There's a lot of stuff that I can add into uh, onto my journey of healing. And so what I found first was this incredible disconnection. Like, I feel like I, I, so my pack, my podcast is called life, love, music, and space travel. And the space travel component really is the spiritual component of my life journey. And the ketamine infusion process has been a really spiritual journey for me. And Mm. I also feel like I leave the planet for about 45 minutes. (laughs) So that day, I feel like I had a conversation with G.O.D. My intention when I went in was to find relief. I was desperate for relief. I felt like prior to going in there for quite a few weeks, I had been walking around asking God to please not give me any more. I could not take anything. I could mm. not carry any more weight. I I yeah. could not take on any more challenges, please. And I felt this relief and I got this continued message that said, Angie, you're doing a great job. Mm. You're doing a great job. It was unmistakable for me. Um, I really felt like life slowed down and I got this detachment for that. Wasn't anything. It didn't feel like escapism. It felt Mm -hmm. medicinal. Now, when I left that day, my dad came and picked me up. Actually, he was in town. He came and picked me up. And I remember thinking prior, I had been told over the years, I'd been told I was depressed. I had been told a lot of things about myself, but I was not taking any sort of traditional meds. Mm -hmm. That was just, that was my decision, not a suggestion for anybody else. I was not taking any kind of traditional antidepressant meds or anything. And when I left that office, this, the feeling of sadness and depression that I really was unaware how heavy it was that I was carrying was gone. And Mm -hmm. I don't say that to be, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm not trying to, it was, it was almost unbelievable. So unbelievable that the, they suggest a six series session of infusions within a two week period. And I thought, I think I'm cured. I couldn't, I could not believe how I wasn't feeling this high. I I thought to myself, oh my goodness, I felt emotionally balanced in a way that I had not felt. I did go through the six infusion process and what I found it's done for me is balanced things out. I've been Hmm. able to implement practices that I've been trying to gain growth from for years that all of a sudden are working in a different manner. Um, so it has been, you know, and I've talked to people about it. I, I, like I said, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to promote anything or push anything, but my suggestion is that anybody goes out there and explores the options that are available to us because whatever it is you're doing, like whatever it is I'm doing this life this earthly experience is meant to be, in my opinion, enjoyed. And, Mm. um, yeah, that's, well, that's powerful. That's,
0: uh, well, I mean, the thing is, is like my, in my experience, you know, the program that I use, it helped with a ton of stuff. Um, but there are some things that it didn't help with. And I had to do over the years, had to deal with some trauma stuff. And so that that's not really talked about in that particular program. So I had to go out and seek some outside help. And so similar to what you experienced with the ketamine infusion, I was sharing with you earlier, you know, I used EMDR for processing some trauma and that freed me up. And so I'm glad that I had this other tool and like some of the other I guess you would call them the accessories to my recovery are podcasts, people that talk about recovery and dealing with traumas and different modalities, because it's not just a cookie cutter. You can just do this and it'll, everything will be fine. It's like, no, there people come into recovery. Well, really people come into addiction because of a lot of trauma and pain and things that, you know, we didn't just say, Oh, I want to obliterate myself because nothing happened. There's there were things that happened. And so, and whether it's food or, um, you know, sex, porn, whatever gambling, there were things that drove us to that in the first place. And so getting to the exact nature, it's nice to know that there are options, even as you've been in recovery for a long time, it's like, you know what, there's, there's still something bothering me. And it's, it's nice to know that there are other avenues that people can pursue and do some research on and and see if it's right for them.
1: And I I think that's the, I, I'll because I I will call this journey I've been on pretty spectacular and so yeah. that's the really cool and exciting part of healing um and uh-huh. being on a path of recovery in whatever form it is that there's always so much more to gain and there's uh-huh. so much more to do. Uh-huh. I too have a foundation base that you know a, a program that I work and and from that I have taken you know it's been reminded to me and suggested, that it's not a cure all and that I then do get to go out and expand my um my options and that's been wonderful. I mean lately so here I was 20 years in almost 20 years on this journey and I thought yeah if I was just if I could just do these other things correct Everything would be okay. And I thought I was doing something wrong. And lo and behold, it did come from again another level of surrender to try something different. I didn't go into it blindly. It wasn't on a whim. It was, you know, I used my resources and talked to people about it. And then, you know, tried it out. And it, it did work for me, like I said, in a manner that I was not expecting. So many things really came from it. My ruminating thinking stopped. Um, I will say I've bitten my fingernails, but I stopped biting my fingernails after oh, 40 wow. years. Um, my ruminating and obsessive thinking, I was just able to let things go. My reaction to stuff changed. I i really didn't expect it. And I still, since I've moved here to North Carolina, I go to a clinic uh, every month and a half. I go to one in Myrtle Beach now. Okay. And um, yeah. I've heard of that one and they're great. They're, um, they're wonderful and they're kind. And they've been, uh, y- and when I go back to Colorado, I'm actually setting up an appointment and sometimes I'll question myself. I don't know why, because it's not mainstream, mm-hmm. which will make me doubt myself. But then I look at the results of what's going on and, and this is the healthiest I've ever been. And I'll, I kind of tie that into when I left leaving Colorado it really was. I left my home of twenty-seven. You know, my home state of twenty-seven years. I had the house for eighteen years. My job, the ex-husband, uh, everything. I, my work, I, I lost. I feel. I feel like I lost everything. Mm-hmm. And and I got in my car, and I drove east. I actually had a moment sitting outside of Breckenridge <laughs> on I <I-70> seventy <laughs> where I thought, okay, I'm either going to turn left and go back to Eagle. And do whatever it was because I did not want to leave. I did not want to leave or I'm going to turn right. I got a phone call from somebody. I called somebody and then the dogs and I turned right and headed to Wilmington.
0: And here you are safe
1: space with mom and dad. (laughs) And the next journey began. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to ask you about your, um, you've mentioned your higher power several times and, um, I think we all have our kind of thought of what it is, and some people may not. I just wanted to get your take. Like, can you define your higher power? How do you? And it's not even putting it in a box. Like, what do you think of it?
1: Well, it's interesting. I'll say, how does I it first, apply in your life? I, you know, what, yeah. When I first, I'm I'm Catholic. Okay. I call myself sometimes a recovering Catholic. Recovering Catholic, as well. Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't say I'm a practicing anything in the world of religion. I wasn't certainly before December 19th of 2000, which was my last drunk. I, I was a foxhole prayer. I, you know, like a lot of people asked for some help, please desperately get me out of this. And then when, when pretty much always things worked in my favor, I did nothing. I didn't thank it. I didn't make any connection. So it was, there came a time when I started to be presented with connecting with something bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. I like the acronyms. I had the G O D the gift of desperation. Um, I really, I've come to love the G O D great outdoors Mm -hmm. and I held on to those things looking for good orderly direction. I think we probably have all kinds of people have, you know, plenty of ideas, Mm -hmm. but what I started to do was perform contrary action Mm. (laughs) when things were going down and I knew I couldn't turn to the things that I used to turn to. I started to say some prayers perhaps. So in the beginning the higher power were the people around me. Mm -hmm. Maybe they had something that I wanted and they were obviously gaining something. They had done something, something was working in their life, but it has really grown into something much bigger. I mean, I didn't put down the drink. I didn't get on the journey of sobriety to grow up, become responsible, find God or help anybody. That stuff was not on my radar. I wanted (laughs) like back my old crappy (laughs) life with I want, you know, I wanted all the stuff I had thought I had lost. (laughs) Um, That is honest right
0: there. (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
1: And, (laughs) you know, instead I did like, I find myself today thinking, especially the higher power. I cannot imagine not having the relationship that I've built flashing it. I mean, I really did. I prayed to this thing out there to please help me let go of everything I wanted. Mm. The marriage, the house, the job, the community. This is my first season in 27 years where I didn't get on the hill to go snowboarding. I, oh, you know, wow. I loved the mountains. I it was there was a lot of stuff that I was letting go of and I couldn't have done it on my own left to my own defenses or my own will. I would have, you know, I'd still be there doing whatever I think suffering and struggling and life would be a a big mess. So the higher power today, it does come in all different aspects. I mean, I, I love the G.O.D. Great outdoors. Actually, I don't know what it is. I just know I'm not it. And when I ask for help, it works. I find serenity. I try not to really put a name to it. Um, leave, I'll probably say it, uh, another a thousand times leaving Colorado. Once I started to head in this direction, I mean, it's been a process. It's why I started the podcast. I got here. I started the podcast. Mm-hmm. I continue to heal from the loss of the marriage. Um, my ex-husband and I talked today. We've talked more in the last year and a half than we did in the last three years that we lived together. Wow. It's been life is does not look at all like I would like it to, mm. thought it would, feared it would. It's better than anything I could put together. And I just, I know that it comes with this connection that I have. I ask for it to, to direct my thinking every morning. As, yeah, as religious as it can sound, you know, by will not mine be done, please. I'll even say, and, and when I first started to dabble with prayer and stuff, I did not say that I, that I will not mind me done. I was like, I was pretty sure I did not want whatever God <laughs> wanted from me. <laughs> we were not on the same path and I did interested. not want to, in- <laughs> no, I was like, I did not want to invite any of that into my orbit. <laughs> and yeah. I just had this weird perspective. And so I love when people say, come up with your own conception that has been, mm-hmm. that has removed any excuse that I've had to create a relationship. Come up with my own conception, and it's been, it's been wonderful. It really has. I um, kind of just flashing forward. Today, I had to help my little dude Chip over the rainbow Mm -hmm. bridge. Mm
0: -hmm. Sorry, sorry to hear
1: that. Yeah, thanks. It's um, you know, I had four. We had fourteen wonderful years. Yeah, I could not have done. And he's not the first one. I've had a life of dogs. One of them is sitting under my feet right now. But I know that to be present in today, it was it's been a challenging few days of a challenging couple of weeks, I'll say, of making the decision. Is it right? Am I ready? Um, I've done a lot of praying and asking for help. And like what a wonderful gift that I was present, available, assisted him to embark on his next great adventure in a humane, dignified, peaceful manner. And I'm here today. I admittedly took a nap after for a few hours, but I'm here today, smiling. That's a solid recovery
0: choice, taking a nap. (laughs) Yes, I'm a big fan. Suggested by
1: my mother. You know, mom said, you want to take a nap? Yeah, Yeah, I want to take a nap.
0: You want to to get you some (laughs) nini a little bit of (laughs) nini Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's, uh, I mean, your entire story, that's, you know, applying recovery and getting through it and feeling super uncomfortable. I know I could relate to when I went through a divorce in the rooms. And I mean, it was like the carpet, just was gone. It was pulled out from under me. And, and um, I just remember coming home some days after like, not really knowing where I was going and literally looking at the sky, like what the fuck, you know, just. Okay. So this is all gone, but but it, it kind of cleaned the slate and I had to deal with me. And, um, that was a whole new part of the the journey. And so things have changed now and my life's a lot better and healthier. And, um, so I appreciate you sharing all that. So, uh, with all that, what kind of recovery nuggets would you like to share with people if they're thinking about getting clean or sober or getting on this path?
1: Well, one of the things I, I do want to put out there is So one of the things that kept me from getting even even um, thinking at all about the idea of putting the drink down, changing my life. I have always been a a huge fan of live music, and I thought for sure that if I quit drinking, I was never going to be able to go to a concert again. And it is not that way. Last year, I went to Jazz Fest, New Orleans for the first time. I went by myself. If I'd been drinking, I'd be dead. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah. i have my life has been filled with music i'm actually going to jazz fest next week again yes so i just i i like to let people know that life is a bazillion times better it's mm-hmm. it's challenging it's overwhelming but you can do anything you can go anywhere um the idea of letting go and surrendering has provided me more freedom than I ever thought possible. Mm. I used to, everything had to be controlled. Angie had to do it. I had to do it myself. It had to be the way I thought it needed to be instead of saying, please (laughs) bring about what you'd like. But, but that comes with the understanding that anybody at the beginning of this journey is I I don't think like I couldn't conceive everything that was going to take place. Mm -hmm. Um, Would it be exciting to have an opportunity to cope and grow and change? I, like I said, I was not, that was not on my radar, but when I think about that, I made it through a divorce. I continued to let go with hope. People told me let go with hope. Um, it's the greatest ride ever, and I'm not here to push getting sober. I'm I'm kind of surrounded by some sick people. Mm. Makes me sad. Um, I don't go out there pushing anything on anybody. I try to be an example and <laughs> to the best of my ability. And if you, if there's something you see about me that you want, um, uh, you know, I'm more than happy to share and talk about it. But you know, my suggestion is to like look at your life with truth. Mm. Really, it's short. The earthly experience is going to be over before any of us really have any idea how quickly it happened. And there is so much to be experienced, and that personal growth really is the shiznit. (laughs) (laughs) It's you know when I think (laughs) that I made it through today, like today I got through something, and I'm sort of sitting in a hindsight space of. Wow, I did something courageous, and 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 the feeling of peace that I have right now, not holding on to like I I don't have to be stuck in old feelings. Um, I, you know, I still I I do feel lost. I did talk to the ex husband today, and there's a part of me that will say, oh, why didn't we get the fantasy or the you know the dream? But what we have now is better than it's so much better than anything we had before. And I could not, if I if I was still picking up and using and that, doing that same old thing over and over again, uh, it would be a nightmare. So long-winded, <laughs> but I, I just gently suggest to anybody who is dabbling with the idea of putting down substances, healing from anything. And I don't want to go on this too far mm-hmm. and get off the path, but you talked a little bit about trauma PTSD, that sort of stuff. I'd like to tell people, first of all, we all live through COVID. Not we all, but anyone who's still here lived through COVID Uh and that was traumatic. Uh There's some PTSD, I'm pretty sure. So you don't have to live through a war. You don't have to, like if we lived Uh through childhood, for goodness sake, uh, we've all dealt with some uh, trauma or some residual uh, PTSD moments or you know, we have neuroses. So take the time to discover who you are and why you're here and take advantage of it because it's it's just been life today is pretty spectacular and exciting um and purposeful
0: that's awesome well thank you for sharing that that's really cool well thanks so much for being on the show you can find her podcast at life love music and space travel.com she's on the podcast is on tons of platforms so wherever you get your podcast Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate the chit chat. Thanks for participating in your own recovery so that, you know, we could yeah. be here.
0: Thanks again for listening to Recovery Nuggets Podcast. Get in touch with the show via Instagram at Recovery Nuggets Podcast. Also, the email is Recovery Nuggets Podcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Thank you for showing up for your recovery today. recovery nuggets podcast and guests are not representatives of any 12-step program i'm not a doctor counselor or therapist i share my experience strength and hope guests of the show share their personal experiences and opinions take what you like and leave the rest